episode eight of From the Shed End podcast. As always, myself, T-Dot, and you can follow me on T-Dot underscore producer on all socials, I think at the moment now. Um, joined, obviously, again by with Theo. Um, so, Theo, how are you doing? I'm good, I think. Um, <laughs> I, woke, I woke up and I had to pinch myself this morning slightly, but but yeah, I've, I've, I'm buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Yeah, and... and <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Twitter from the Shed End podcast. That's just at from the Shed End. Um, also on Instagram, it's from the Shed End, but with underscore in between each of the words. So, um, yeah, give us a, a like and um, interact with us. I know there's been a lot of interaction um, on our Instagram channel. Um, thanks to Theo, as well. you know, I know you do a lot on there. So. There's been a there's been a lot going on there, so give it give it a follow, um, a like, and interact with us as well. Also, you can follow us on the YouTube channel, which is again from the Shed End podcast, and we're actually streaming live now. So if you're around, click live, click in, give us some questions and responses as well. Um, as you can tell, I'm slightly hungover, <laughs> um, so we'll move over to the main topic of discussion. Um, yeah. Theo, take it away. <laughs> I just feel like, well, um, we were, I think we recorded the first episode of this just over a month ago. We were talking about the actual steps it would take to get to the Champions League final. I think we just beat an Atletico. We then had to play Porto. Then we were talking about who we'd rather play, City or, or um, sorry, Real or, or Liverpool. And then who we'd rather play afterwards, PSG, Bayern, and so on. So to actually think now that we're in the Champions League final against Manchester City, is is mind-blowing first Champions League final since 2012 and it was just uh the game was superb honestly um quite quite typical to us you know just going one nil up um goal in the first half keeping it at one nil quite throughout the, mo- the majority of the game and then missing a lot of chances but you know, when Mount scored you just seem to forget about all those missed chances the Kante chance, the Havertz chance, even the Mount chance. And 2-0 against Real Madrid, um, knocking them out 13, 13 times they've won the Champions League. An experienced team, a lot of those players that they've got in that squad, they, they've been there since, you know, during that, that, those four, those, that last time they won those four Champions League in the last decade or so. The likes of Sergio Ramos, Marcelo, um, Modric, even Cruz was there. So it's an experienced team, a very experienced team. And for me, the icing on the cake was academy boy Mason Mount, 22 years old, scoring the goal, you know, to calm our nerves in the Matthew yeah. Harding end. That was, it's just the stuff of dreams for me as a Chelsea fan to watch that. I you know a lot of people were calling him, you know, the teacher's pet, Lampard's teacher's pet in the last couple, um, you know, maybe the last year or so. But I really think he signs the critics in the last um, couple of weeks. And if that goal hasn't signed the criti- critics, and I don't know what will, maybe a, a, some, a stellar performance at the Euros, but... For me, it was just an absolutely amazing night. I was at Stamford Bridge before kickoff um, to just soak up the atmosphere. I walked to the bridge, had my, my headphones in, I listened to the Champions League anthem, and it just felt a bit, it felt a bit magical, you know? Yeah. And, but, but yeah, absolutely magical night. And to think we're going to be on, in Istanbul on the 29th of May is something special, really, really special. Yeah, because there's a lot, a lot to take in from yesterday, and I'm sure as many Chelsea fans like myself, you know, there's, there's still... You know, I re, like I told you earlier, I rewatched the game um, without that sort of anxiety attached to it, um, which obviously I'm sure, again, a lot, a lot of Chelsea fans had that yesterday. But um, 
yeah, take take me back a bit because I know you obviously went to Stamford Bridge before before kickoff. What was the atmosphere like? What was it? I'm assuming from what I got to see, there was just you know even after the game as well. I'm sure that there's been pictures of um, Kante leaving in his mini and Tuchel going out, and you know it's just it's just it was good to see obviously from what happened the weekend before Old Trafford and that kind of. Um, protests which ours wasn't a protest yesterday but it's just it's good to see this you know the other side of it that the fans can actually celebrate something and and see the other ends of that that spectrum but what was it like for you being there I mean for me it just felt like the beginning of a match day or an away away trip you know when you've got the fans just you know packed in the streets crowds of yeah. fans I mean they were wearing masks the majority of them but um yeah yeah but you know it was it just felt like match day vibes all over again a bit weird knowing you were by Stanford Bridge greeting the team bus, but you weren't actually going to be attending the game. A bit odd for me that, but um, but it's just you know when you see those kind of live scenes on TV of the team bus arriving and all the fans cheering, blue smoke from the flares. I think that's what you know that kind of like hostile atmosphere as well you want to create for the Real Madrid yeah. team bus that came that came by first. It was and it felt like as well all those fans that were there. You know they they're the real fans. You know those that are like present at Stanford Bridge on match days. And you could tell that, you know, this was a special moment for them. They wanted to recreate that match day experience. And when the Chelsea team bus came past, just the absolute roar from the Chelsea fans. And it was pretty epic. And then as soon as the Chelsea bus went into Stamford Bridge, they all looked at their watches and they just dispersed <laughs> and ran off because they knew they had to catch the game. <laughs> but, yeah, no, yeah, especially on two sides. It was controlled by police quite well. Like, and it was never hostile, yeah. to be fair. But um, yeah, yeah. When it was a special, special feelings, you know, it's the type of thing you see on TV and you want to be part of. I didn't get to make the uh, European Super League protests, but I got to go yesterday, which was quite special. Yeah, no, that, that was good. Um, but yeah, and just in terms of the game as well, I think, um, you know, before the game, I was quite sort of apprehensive to see um, Aspiaqueta uh, right wing back, um, just probably because of the fact of, not that he struggled in the first leg, but you could see that he was tiring towards the end of that game. So that did put me on a bit of, at, at nerves, I should say, um, during that game. But he was outstanding. Yes, I, I mean we could say that about you know everyone who, who played yesterday. But just in terms of the facts that he was able to do his job correctly, and you know he's an experienced def- you know defender, so I, I don't expect anything less of him. But just seeing out that game the way he did, and even Christensen, I thought was brilliant. Um, Chilwell at times, you know, I thought he was, I mean, I know I mentioned it to you yesterday, he had a brilliant first 15 or maybe 20 minutes, but there was like, there was a coming together of the, um, I think it was Vinicius, was it? Vinicius, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a coming together and a bit of off the ball stuff. And I think after that, Chilwell's head went slightly and he was, he was almost scared to, to go forward potentially. So he doesn't lose the ball, doesn't lose possession, but um you know, obviously he got subbed off, I think, didn't he, at some point. So he, he was able to do that. But Mendy as well, I, I thought Mendy was, I mean, he pulled off, the, I mean, the Benzema chance was going in, you know. He was a brilliant save. Um, I think both of them from Benzema, weren't they? I think the header as yeah, well yeah. Um, was Benzema. So Mendy, you know, we could we could talk about all, all the players coming to, um, from yesterday and just go through them and give them a 10 out of 10 because that's what the performance was. Um, one thing that really stuck out for me yesterday was uh I don't know, don't know if you remember we spoke about Tuchel when he first came and um to the club and there was the the footage of the the first training session and the drills and that sort of that is you can tell that's seeped into the team now and it's there it's embedded 
Um, defensively, we were just perfect. Everyone knows where they've got to be, who they've got to mark. Um, and yeah, you, you know, you can tell that that is the, the, the philosophy, the way that Tuchel wants his team to play now. Yeah, I mean, I can only echo what you said about the 10 out of 10 performances for every single player. Um, as P, he's 31 years old, but he, he gave it his all yesterday and you won your captain in a starting lineup for a game like yeah. the, of that caliber. I think he even looked absolutely knackered at one stage, but I think maybe he asked Tuchel to carry on playing for a bit more and then eventually Reese James did come on. Uh, Kante, as always, superb, superb. And yeah, Mendy, <laughs> uh, those two saves, reflex saves from just deny Benzema. They were type of saves that I like, I, you'd see Czech make back in the day or Edwin van der Sar and yep. amazing saves. And just, you know, a bit superstitious there again. We signed Mendy from Rennes uh, in, in France, uh, 29 years old. Czech was 29 years old when he won the Champions League with Chelsea. We also signed him from Rennes, so I don't want to jinx it, but, you know, a bit of superstition back there as well. And, um, and yeah, regarding the, the Tuchel kind of typical performance, that first training session you saw, you know, how the intensity the players were playing at and yeah. how I think he gives them, I think Tuchel said he gives his players, I think, a five to eight second gap to win the ball back after they lose it. And you see that with the way we play. As soon as I think it was Cruz or... Modric or Casemiro had the ball, one of Jorginho, Mount, or even Kante would like leech onto the player on the ball and just win it back straight away. It's just, I got a bit scared when Jorginho got that first yellow, if I'm honest, because I thought he's that type of player that maybe could get a second yellow, especially with the position he plays, especially if he's marking a player like Hazard, Asensio, Vinicius. But he was superb as well. Uh, He he timed his tackles perfectly and he just seems to suit that Tuchel mentality of winning the ball back really well. We get, Kante gets a lot of praise, rightly so. But I think Jorginho has been probably the second best player or maybe third best player after, um, Mount, um, after Mount and um, and, George, and uh, Kante um, since yeah. Tuchel's taken over possibly. Those three for me have been absolutely superb. So yeah, I've just, I'm, I'm just loving watching Tuchel play out the um, Tuchel's performances and, and management at the moment. And if we can add more goals to our, our performances, then I think we can be arguably the best team in Europe at the moment. Yeah. And I'd have to agree. I think we're, um, I, you know, I think going forward and looking at what the, um, you know, the final is going to look like um, playing Manchester City. Um, well, there's a couple of things, actually. I mean, uh, there's talk already that the, the final may potentially be moved. Um, there's a lot obviously going on at, um, within Turkey at the moment um, due to COVID reasons. Um, two English teams you know why not why not try and get it moved here but i know there's obviously contractual and you know money's been sponsorships etc etc so um you know it'll be an interesting final i don't i I mean we're going to talk about manchester city shortly but i just don't think we're going to be able to um let our guard down maybe as much as we did there was times where we were um i would say off the boil last night but there was times where we did sort of invite the pressure from real madrid We've done well to keep Hazard quiet, which I think isn't any easy task in any way at all. Um, we know that from his time at Chelsea. But um, even Benzema, you know, Modric, again, we kept we kept their key players quiet. Um, that, that three midfield, they were quiet and, you know, they didn't really have any any sort of plan B. You know, the plan A wasn't working. So um, what was your um, thoughts around the fact that, you know, we kept a, you know, a Real Madrid, which is a, a good team still. You know, we have to call them a good team. Um, kept them quiet. What, what, would you, what do you think went wrong for them over the two legs? 
I mean, I, I want to say that Madrid were poor, but that was the same Madrid team that beat Liverpool 3-1 in, in, um, in Madrid about a couple of weeks ago and looked very, very good. And Liverpool are a good team as well. So I just think we were very, very good on the night. I think you could maybe point to a couple of injuries, Varane being injured, um, Ramos coming back from his injury, same with Hazard. But at the same time, these are quality players, experienced players that no matter the, the occasion, they should be able to you know, perform. I just think we, out, we outplayed them, in all honesty. Similarly to you, I was a bit worried at first. I think it was 75% um, possession for Real Madrid in the first 10 minutes. And I think that, that kind of worried me thinking if they carry on kind of keeping the ball like this, they're just going to build up towards a goal or, you know, a set piece or something like that. But um, bar those two Benzema chances, they didn't really threaten us too much. And I really think we kept those, those big players, you know, at bay, the likes of Hazard, the likes of Vicinicius, the likes of Benzema. So I think all credits to our defence for that in that regard, that back three of Rudiger, Silva and Christensen. It just, it seems to just gel really well together. I think that's why... Um, Tuchel insists to have Azpion as right wing back now simply because he wants to keep those back three together. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost just harsh dropping one of the three. It's just it's too harsh. And that's why Zuma probably can't get a game at the moment where you'll play the odd uh, Premier League game like mm-hmm. he did against Fulham. But, um, but yeah, I think we were we just defensively too good for them on the day. And, and as I said before, if we take our chances, we could have won about four, four or five nil easily. Yeah, we have we haven't spoken about the goal uh, or the goals, I should say. But um, just in terms of um, the first off, well, the one that wasn't given the uh, the offside from Werner, um, very unlucky. I thought. I thought he d- he didn't time his run. He didn't need to. He didn't need to. There was plenty of opportunity for him to still score had he stayed onside. Um, and I think that was my only criticism of him last night was that he does everything right, you know. And we've spoke about him before. He does everything correct and he's always in the right place you know he's he assists he's fast on the ball but I do think sometimes you know his decision making and his is uh you know he's been caught offside a few times now hasn't he in terms of scoring goals and his soft side he's just missed completely but um the you know the goal that he did get which I thought was brilliant from Kante in the build-up and, and obviously Havertz was very unlucky um because that would have been a brilliant goal had that gone in anyway instead of coming off the crossbar but um yeah, you know, it was good to see Werner get on the on the score sheet. I think he he needed he needed that goal. Um, we've seen what the, the confidence has done for Havertz getting some goals as well. So we can only hope, you know, going into the game on Saturday that that pays off for Werner as well. Yeah, um, I think that that goal, even though it was a you can't really miss it for Werner, a brilliant player as you mentioned from Havertz and Kante. But I think that'll do him the world of good. It's his first um, goal from open play in the Champions League. Yeah, and you know, just having a goal to your name against Real Madrid in a Champions League semi-final is huge. It will do him so much. I mean, I think he, he said in his um, and I love his post-match interviews. He just doesn't see media train at all. But he said that um, yeah, last ten minutes in the dressing room, I've lost my voice, and that goes to show that he feels part of the team now. Yeah, he, yeah. you know, he, he he's enjoying his time at Chelsea, despite what a lot of people you know say about him online. I think the most important thing is Chelsea fans are backing him, as I said. So, I think. I think it was right from Tuchel to stick with Werner and Havertz and drop Pulisic to the bench possibly and have that option to bring Pulisic on. Mm-hmm. Was just, it just changed the game and, you know, and it helped us get that second goal. So we're almost spoiled for choice with our front, our front kind of, you know, our offensive front three. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, brilliant goal from Werner um, and brilliant build-up play for the goal for Werner. And I'm really happy that, he, you know, he got that goal and the Champions League goal from open play. Yeah, and obviously when Pulisic does does come on, he, he does what he does best, and um, you know he was dangerous. You know, as soon as he came on, it was just 
you know, there was no stopping him. Um, and that's a brilliant luxury to have to be able to bring someone like that off our bench. And, um, you know, I think Callum Hudson-Odoi was still on the bench as well. So we have, you know, we've got all these options now, which is, which is brilliant. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, it was brilliant to see Mason Mount, you know, getting that goal. I mean, that, it, that must mean everything to him. That's probably the, the only goal he's probably ever, you know, for now going to remember as being the top goal he's ever scored for Chelsea. Um, it was, it, I, I'll be honest, I didn't even wait around to see the goal. I, I, at that point, I, at that point last night, I think I was already sort of looking at the clock and just thinking when's the game going to end. Um, so I got, even this morning, uh, to be honest, I, I can't really remember because again, I celebrate this morning like it was, you know, fresh in the mind. So um, I, I'll, I'll need to rewatch that back, I think, later um, just to make sure that, you know, I think it was a tapping, wasn't it? It was more of a, it was yeah, an easy yeah. goal. He wasn't going to miss, was he? But no. uh, Pulisic done well in the build-up and um, we know what he can do, you know, the threat that he's got um, going forward as well. Yeah, I mean, similar to you, I hadn't watched the, the replay of the goal until I got I got to YouTube and I watched the full highlights on YouTube because I was so busy celebrating um, <laughs> after it, went, it hit the back of the net. But um, yeah, brilliant from Pulisic. And um, he changed the game when he came on, came on. I mean, changed that game of the intensity it was at um, at that stage. But um, but I think he's, he's just, it's, it feels quite funny to think we sold Havert, Hazard, who's lost a lot of form recently, to bring in Pulisic. And when you look at the two of them playing yesterday, it's almost like mm. we've got this 22-year-old now who's looking like one of the best players in Europe. And then you've got Hazard on the other side who doesn't really seem himself. And, you know, the, the performance that Pulisic put in yesterday was was just superb you know he was yeah. he, he just seems to remind me of prime hazard with how he you know he loses how he kind of draws players to foul him and i think very soon after he came on i'm not sure i think it might have been cruz he got cruz to booked i think quite quickly after yeah yeah and i think the fact that he was he started on a bench probably means he may start against city on saturday yeah which is, which is good to know as well yeah and that's a brilliant brilliant time to uh to discuss that now as well. So, um, big game Saturday. Um, dress rehearsal really, isn't it, for the final now? So, um, what's your thoughts? Your, your, your thoughts on the game? It's it's a dress rehearsal, but I think it's also a must win for both teams in a way because mm-hmm. City want to wrap the league up quite early. With I think they've got four games left. They want to they want to have this game won so they can enjoy the rest of their three games and be ready for the Champions League final on the 29th of May. And for us, we're, we're still not guaranteed top four. We, we don't know yet if we're going to win the Champions League final to guarantee Champions League next season. So it's a must win for us as well. Or I, I, To be fair, it's, it seems a bit greedy asking for three points against a very good Manchester City side at the Etihad. So I will take um, a draw in the game. I think it's a very difficult, probably the hardest Premier League fixture we can ask for at the moment. Um, we saw City against PSG uh, midweek as well. They were superb. Diaz and Stones look like prime Priol and Maldini at the moment. They're very good. John Terry was praising Diaz on, on Instagram. Um, I think it's going to be a very difficult game. I think we have the squad depth to rotate. I don't want us to tinker too much with the squad, like we usually say, because you know this, this formation seems to work so much. But if it means bringing Pulisic back in the squad, maybe Ziyech, maybe even Alonso and Zuma, then I'm more than happy to make those changes. And even Gilmore, possibly, if he's, if he's up for it. And Kovacic, if he's fit, so we can rest one of Jorginho and Kante. I think we're playing, I think we're playing Arsenal midweek next week as well. So, so yeah, I, I, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, dress rehearsal in a way, but at the same time, 
However, the game plans out Saturday. I don't see it planning out any any similar way on the 29th of May in Istanbul. Yeah, yeah, and I'd have to I'd have to agree with a lot of that. Um, you know, I think it's um, it's going to be an important game, and I know we've mentioned it before that you know this is make or break for Chelsea. Now, I know we were all sort of on a high um, from yesterday, and we've obviously got the FA Cup final to look forward to, but. Something in the back of my mind always thinks, you know, if we if we lose both of those finals, um, you know, crucial game against City, um, we've still got, you know, games that we need to play in the Premiership as well. If we do lose out on top four and no trophies, you know, how bad of a season does it suddenly look like, you know, from the fact that we could potentially win two trophies and still qualify, obviously, for the Champions League by winning the Champions League. So, um, it, it, I, I, for me, I think, you know, we've got to look at it from... A realistic perspective and I think we are in the driving seat still um, for me in terms of the league um, position you know I think I think for me it's more important to to obviously finish as high up the league as possible regardless of you know whatever the case is but um, you know we're in the top four now I, I, I do I do look at West Ham still and um, I, I think they're our only threat you know I think Leicester and obviously uh, you know Man, Man United have now got I think um, four Four games in four games in eight, eight days. I think so. You know they're not safe. You know they're only um, I think five points from Leicester. So you know if they lose a lot of those games, I mean they could lose all four of those games, and then it's you know it's fair game again. So um, in in terms of our, our game on Saturday, I agree it's a must win for us. You know we've got to um, we've we've got to not treat it maybe like a dress rehearsal. I think that's probably the wrong thing to do. I think we should treat it like like any game, you know, and we should be able to to go out there, clear minds. Um, it'd be interesting whether to, because I know um, before the game um, against Real Madrid, Tuchel sent the players home. Um, so it'd be interesting to see whether he, he does something similar, maybe gave, gives them a, a day's rest um, prior to the game. I'm, I'm not sure how he'll do that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it definitely worked yesterday. And I'm pretty sure he'll do something similar to just to give the, the players that sort of vote of confidence, put their mind at ease a little bit. Um, obviously they played a lot of football the last couple of days or so um, so it'd be interesting and I think City like you say they want to you know they want to wrap this league up now they don't want to be still looking at teams and looking at league tables you know it's close to the, the Champions League final so it's another nervous weekend let's, let's, let's say that it's definitely going to be a nerve-wracking weekend um, the only luxury I suppose is we'll I think we'll know um, I think well, Tottenham played before us, don't they? I think mm. um, Leeds. They play Leeds. Don't they've they? got Leeds at half twelve, so we'll kind of know about them. But it's the other teams around. Like I said, West Ham. I think they've got Everton, which is a big game um, on the Sunday. So it's a must win. You know, we, it's, there's no point looking at who's around us. It's a must win for us, and we've we've got to try and um, just get the three points, however, however possible. Um, it'd be interesting to see who, if he starts with Pulisic. I think he will. I think he should as well. Um, it, it's yeah, and maybe Kovacic. I'm not sure if he's back. I'm not sure how injured he is, um, or how you know when he's due back. But we, we kind of do need to give that midfield a bit of a rest as well. But um, as long as Mendy's in goal, we, we should win. <laughs> that's that's my my final uh, say on that. Yeah, um, must win. I think, um, and I think as well, if we do, you know, put in a good performance against Man City. 
it will set the tone for the final, I think, in Istanbul, even though I expect things to, to plan out very differently. You can't compare a Champions League final to a Premiership game. But but yeah, I think if we solid the defence, I, I try to remember last night, I think the last time we conceded a goal was against Porto in the second leg. I think if you, I think we've gone on a run of four games with clean sheets. And I think that's something we really struggled under with, um, with Lampard. So... So it just seems like Tuchel's really kind of, you know, solved that issue bar the maybe West Brom game, which we just seem to be like a blip. But I think it's confirmed that was a blip with how we've played since. But um, but defensively, if Mendy carries on playing like the way he did and is kind of, you know, comfortable and reassuring coming out of his penalty box and the back three and the wing backs continue to perform, then there's no, there's, you know, we've, we've, we've kept clean sheets against Kane, against, against Salah last, um, Benzema last night, Salah, Suarez, all these top players. Yeah. So I, I would expect us, you know, to be able to kind of deal with the likes of Mares, Barnardo Silva, Sterling, De Bruyne, which we did actually do uh, did, did deal with fairly well. I mean, we kept a clean sheet against them at Wembley in the semi-final, yeah. even though I feel like City were resting a few of them in that game. Mm. But um, but yeah, very very um, nerve-wracking weekenders, nevertheless. Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, as always, I think we need to do um, the predictions. Um, I feel like we missed it over. Obviously, we didn't do last night's, and I don't think we did the the weekend fixture um, due to the the social blackout as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I think it'll be a very close game. Um, I, I think we'll, I do think we'll win as always, um, but but I do think it'll be a very close game. I'll probably go for another one nil. I don't think it's going to be many goals in this one. I think it'll be one nil, be KG, um, but I think we'll win one nil. Yeah, I mean, I was spot on with the Fulham prediction the last episode. Um, so pressure's on me now. But uh, <laughs> I, I wish I was op- as optimistic as you, but I'm going to stay seeing that both teams maybe might want to, you know, have the, cha- they have the Champions League in the back of their minds. And I think they still want to, they've got a point to prove. I think they'll both score and it's going to be a draw. I'm going to say 1-1. 1-1. Yeah, I think, yeah, we'll score in the first half and I'll score in the second, I think. Yeah, if that happens, I think we need to start doing the lottery numbers <laughs> as well. Um, but let's move away from the Premier League slightly. Um, obviously, we've mentioned it a, a couple of times on here and there. Um, FA Cup final, Leicester City. It's doable. It's winnable. Mm. I think we should beat them. Um, strange kickoff time as well, quarter past six, um, which is a bit strange. But... Um, What's your initial thoughts at the moment? Obviously, we can review this a bit more closer to the time, but just in terms of your initial thoughts on, on the FA Cup final, which on paper you think we should we should win. 100% um, type of fixture. You look at it, final. We're not playing City. We're not playing an Arsenal, who have caused those issues in cup finals recently. But we're playing Leicester, who I think are relatively inexperienced when it comes to cup finals. And it's a game that we should be winning, and I think we will win. Um, you looked at Leicester's, I think their last fixture was at Southampton. They were extremely poor. They were playing against a Southampton side who played the majority of the game with 10 men and they just seemed a very lacklustre, um, quite, you know, almost like this, this is the, at this business end of the season, they don't really know what to do. But at the same time, they do have those players that can threaten us, the likes of Vardy and Nacho, their, their pace and ability in front of goal. But at the same time, you know, if, as I mentioned before, if we keep these, if we're defensively solid against these big teams, there's no reason why we can't do it against Leicester. Um, so I'm expecting a win. And I think similarly to 2012, you know, if we can start off the month of May with a with an FA Cup, 
and then you know build it up towards the Champions League, then that would be that would be brilliant. It just seems like all the boxes are being ticked almost, to, you know, to show that it's been a very similar season or pattern to 2012. Yeah. So um, I think we will win. Um, I'll give my prediction close to the time, uh, to the <laughs> well, based on you know injuries, form, and all that. But of course, um, yeah, yeah. But for now, I'm going to say a win, and you know, if we can kick things off with a with a trophy, that'll be brilliant. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's only next Saturday, isn't it? Well, Saturday after next. Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. And hopefully, like you say, no one gets injured during the, the Man City game. Um, you know, it'd be, it'd be dreadful for, for either team, you know, with the Euros around the corner as well, for anyone to, to pick up a big injury. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll, you know, obviously we'll, we'll have a more in-depth review of the game um, next week on next episode. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I think we've, we've yeah, we've, we deserve to be in that final. You know, no one gave us a chance to, to be in any finals this this season. Um, the way that our season sort of panned out um, under Lampard, and we do need to give Lampard a bit of credit as well. Um, especially the fact that we're in the Champions League final now as well. Um, some of that work was was from him. You know, the fact that he's got. Um, Mason Matt playing the way you know we've, we've spoke about it before we've got to give him the credit for that as well um, the likes of Reese James and uh, you know other players that have come through but um, you know no one gave us a chance at all this season you know we were 8th I think or ninth at, at Christmas in, in December so to be in the top 4 and in an FA Cup final Champions League final you know I, I think we can go on scooped a lot you know and that's maybe just me still you know, um, on a high from yesterday, but I do think we can go out and just get all these trophies that we want now. We've got one of the best squads in Europe and we have to be honest about that. You know, we've got one of the best defence, I'd say, all, well, all rounds, you know, we've got, all we're really missing is a striker, you know, an out-and-out number nine striker and that's it. Um, maybe a goalkeeper, but after yesterday, I, I might, yeah, you know, do we need, yeah. do we need to? Um, so, yeah, I'm confident we can get the win against Leicester. Um, you know their form's been very up and down and like you say we're, we're very good at keeping clean sheets and um, you know if we can keep the likes of Ian Nacho quiet you know I, I don't really see them causing that much of a threat um, during the game but it's going to be interesting I'm looking forward to it we've got a couple of good weekends coming up now so um, as a Chelsea fan we can only expect expect us to win Agree yeah 100% and exciting weekends ahead Yeah um, I wanted to mention Kai Havertz as well um, today because I feel like he's taken a lot of stick um, since he's arrived at Chelsea. I think there was a, obviously a lot of expectations around the name, um, how he played for Leverkusen as well. Um, but I do feel, and obviously the money that was spent on him, you know, it was still quite, he's, he's 21, we spent 71 million, I think it was. Um, but we have to put into the factors that I think he contracted COVID-19 in November, um, which from what I've read before was pretty bad. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was not a few symptoms. It was the full-on COVID-19. So um, what, are, what are your thoughts on him now? Because he's obviously shown a bit of form that tells you that there is still a quality player. He's still yeah. 21. He's still got plenty of football ahead of him. Um, is it just down to what we spoke about, Werner having that first season as a Chelsea player coming into a different country, different league. Um, is that probably the, the main reason for the sort of, inf- you know, difference in, in his form that he's had this season? 
I think it's quite similar to Werner. As a Chelsea fans, we all knew the quality of the player that was coming to Chelsea. Um, and, and I think now with Havertz, we're seeing why we spent 70 million on him and the player that, you know, scored over 20 goals in the Bundesliga last season. We're seeing glimpses of that. He, the two goals he scored against, um, against Fulham were superb. Yeah. Brilliant assist as well, but absolutely great, you know, class finishes. And I think he even scored a third one, which was slightly offside. And um, he's, he seems a lot more confident now. I think it was, it might have been Rio Ferdinand compared him to Berbatov. Um, he seems quite, you know, the way he kind of drifts across the pitch, very kind of casual, but at the same time, he does it quite well. And yesterday he was dribbling past players and was unlucky not to score yesterday. Um, with the chipped attempt and also the, the Courtois save. So he's, he's definitely, I'm always a bit apprehensive when we play with a false nine. I wasn't a big fan of it when we used to play with um, Hazard as a false nine and we drop the likes of, I think it was Murata, Giroud, or, um, or I think we had, um, who was it, Higuain at one stage. But, um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm really liking Havertz as a false nine. I think it's what we need to stick with maybe for the rest of the season. Um, he seems to be performing really well and linking up brilliant, brilliantly with um, Mount and, um, and Werner and Pulisic as well. And he seems to be enjoying his football at the moment as well. Mm. I remember when he scored that hat-trick at the start of the season against Burnley, uh, not Burnley, sorry, Barnsley, he, um, he just even smiled and it was a bit strange for me. I don't know if it was like, this is, okay, this is what I'm capable of, but I'm capable of much more as well. But now he's playing with a smile on his face and that's what I like to see as well. And he seems a lot more confident as well in his post-match interviews. I don't know if that's, you know, because he's recovered from COVID now, he's happier in London he's able to make the most out of life in London, you know, now we're kind of easing out of the, the restrictions and um, the lockdown. So um, I think, yeah, as we said, he's only 21 and we're seeing glimpses now of what he's capable of. And I think, you know, this is going to carry on to the Euros this summer and also the, the start of the Premier League season for, for, next, for next, um, next, next summer as well. And I think we've got a brilliant player on our hands and I think fans are only starting to realise now, you know, okay, Chelsea actually had this guy and he's, he's pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. And I have to agree, you know, I think he's, um, he's a player that makes things look easy, mm. uh, very nonchalant on the ball. You know, he just, like you said, he almost just glides around the pitch and, um, it, it, yeah, it is very Berbatov like, I, I understand what Rio Ferdinand means by that. He's a, he's a, he's a player that, um, cause I mean, he's obviously got the height as well, the height advantage, which is brilliant as a, as a, a, a you know, a player with his position as well. Um, and I think you're right. I think, you know, next season, I think we'll see more the Kai Havertz that we, we've, I'm sure we've all watched in the Bundesliga. Um, we'll, we'll see a lot more of that. I think it's, I think it's very similar to Werner um, in terms of him having to adapt to the, the, the football league um, that he's playing in now. And also just life in general, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. You know, we don't, you know, I, I can only imagine me going to, to play in Germany or anywhere else, you know, at that age. And it's, it's a culture difference, lifestyle difference as well. So in the middle of a pandemic as well, in the middle of a pandemic, exactly. So it's, it's very, um, you know, easy for us as fans to kind of get on these players backs, but it's a lot of change, you know, it's a lot of change just outside of your, you know, your footballing life. So, um, I agree, you know, I think he's a superb player. I, there's no way, and we, we don't do bad. Let me take this back. We tend to, we tend to um, scope out young talent. And when we get that, yes, we've done bad businesses on, you know, some of the, the other signings that we've had, but when it comes to our youth players or younger players, 
we normally we were normally on the money with them. Um, we've done that since even going back to Kevin De Bruyne, Mo, Mo, Mohamed Salah, um, you know, all these players that we've had um, at a young age, and we've been able to not been able to at, at that point um, get them in the first team for obvious reasons. Then things have changed now, but it's good to see. You know, it's good to see, and I, I do think we'll get the best out of him next season. I really do. I think he's a he's he's brilliant to watch and I've been, I've been one of those people that have been you know I've cri- cri- been critical of him and said you know that he's not doing what he should be doing but you know he's he's finally for me found the form that he needs to and I do think Thomas Tuchel's a, a massive part of that I, I do um I, I think just probably enjoying your football well anything you do you know if you if you're not happy in work and suddenly you know someone else comes in and they they give you a new lease of life you know, you're definitely going to start wanting to play for that manager or, or working harder for that manager. So I'm I'm excited for, for obviously the back end of this season, but I do think, you know, we're going to see the, the best, I think, next season out of Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. I think we'll see the best out of both of them. Mm. Yeah, and just, just the last thing I want to add, as you kind of mentioned, you know, credit to Lampard for getting us to the Champions League, um, out of the Champions League group stages and, you know, through the early rounds of the FA Cup at the start of the season. Also, credit to Lampard for bringing in these players because, you yeah. know, I think he had personal phone calls with the likes of Thiago Silva, um, I think Kai Havertz and Werner, and obviously Chilwell as well. Yeah. A huge credit to him. You know, his poor power has been immense last summer. So I think he deserves credit for the, you know, these players now that are finally finding their form as well. Yeah. And I, yeah, definitely, definitely, because, you know, the, that is probably one of the, well, especially for Havertz, I think that was one of the um, deciding factors for why he joined Chelsea was because of Frank Lampard mm. as well. And that was well documented in in the media and, and other outlets as well. But um, yeah, you know, he's got to take some of the credit mm. as well. Um, I think I think with Thiago Silva, I think a picture was sent to the two of them shaking hands in a England-Brazil friendly. <laughs> and I think that kind of apparently sealed the deal for Silva to make his mind up. So. But he's got the, you know, I'm, I'm sure, and I've, we've, we've spoke about Frank Lampard before. Um, he, he's someone I can see back at Stamford Bridge, you know, at some point, for, you know, maybe not not soon, but I can see him mm-hmm. coming back to to Chelsea to manage Chelsea um, at some you know some point in his career because he's, he's definitely not finished at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame that how it ended for him. But um, another good thing I wanted to point on as well was the our club's the first club to have both men's and women's team in the Champions League final so we're making history we are yeah we really are you know I think uh, Tuchel first manager uh, to make it to back-to-back Champions League finals with two different teams as well yeah yeah I think they asked him about that yesterday and he you know jokingly laughed it off but it's it's an achievement you know I know know it's not probably the the achievement you'd want because it means you've been sacked or you've left the club but to to guide two teams to a Champions League final back-to-back is is shows the quality of the manager that we've got at the moment as well. Um, but yeah, you know, brilliant to see both teams, um, men's and women's team in the Champions League final. Um, I'm pretty sure the women's finals this weekend. Um, mm. I think it's on Sunday, but um, don't quote me on that one. I'm pretty sure it's on Sunday. So um, I'm, I'm sure I'll be watching that as well. Um, just giving that, you know, as much support as we can. Yeah. I think sometimes the, the women's game is overshadowed by the men's and, that's that's across all clubs, um, but yeah, you know, good luck to the the women's team because I think I think they can do it. I think, yeah. Barcelona, I think, in the final. So um, yeah, let's bring that trophy home first, and then we can bring ours as well. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting couple of weeks coming up. We're um, 
yeah, we're definitely going to be interested. Um, obviously, we've got Man City, as we mentioned, on Saturday. We've got the remaining Premier League games. We've got the FA Cup final next Saturday, I think that is as well. Um, and May 29th, is it May 29th? May 29th, Istanbul. May 29th, how can I forget the dates? <laughs> I've already got it x away. Nothing's happening on May 29th. We're just going to stay in the house and uh, get the champagne ready just in case. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks, for sure. Um, as always, you can follow us on From the Shed End at, um, on, on Twitter. So that's From the Shed End. And also on Instagram, um, From the Shed End underscore between each of the... I did say I was going to get one of these for, for Instagram. So I'm definitely going to make sure we've got our little uh, logo at the bottom for Instagram. So it's From the Shed End and that's underscore. Um, so that's for the viewers that are watching us um, live as well. You can also follow Theo at Sesky Time as well on Twitter. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you, you follow him already, you'll see that it's definitely a lot of Chelsea content on there as well. Um, myself, t.producer, well, t.underscore producer um, on Twitter. Um, again, lots of Chelsea banter um, on there. So if it's not for the faint hearted, sometimes, you know, it does get a bit heated on there. But by all means, give us a follow, like, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, yeah, you know, just interact with us. Let us know what your thoughts are as well. So thanks for listening to another episode of From the Shed End. Myself, T-Dot, and Theo, thanks. Thanks, guys.